We are I. I've been thinking about this topic since yesterday. And I think it floated into my mind because of a conversation that I had with a, with a very dear friend of mine yesterday after a couple of years um, of us not speaking and in uh, the dog. So these are two very interesting situations um, in my life. And let's break them down. Like, let's go through it. A to B right now. So. Because of these two situations yesterday, well, actually, let me explain both of them. So one of my really dear friends, you know, I had to, uh, I had to leverage my friendship with her um, in a way that a friendship never should have to be leveraged. Um, I asked something of this person that was extraordinary. Um, that's not fair. That's extreme. And has implications for them in their own life. Um, I could sit here and say that I didn't have a choice, you know, but to ask her to do this for me. Um, I did have a choice. I gave her a choice. She recognized that it was a choice. She sat down and talked about it with her husband. But ultimately, me simply asking her, knowing how good of friends we were, knowing the history that we have together, it was just not fair. It's not fair that anybody would put it, anybody that they care about in a position like what I put her in. Not fair. And then I did something that broke the the straw that broke the camel's back, um, which is fair. I, I can recognize that. So a big part of yesterday was us coming to terms that, you know what, whatever happened in the past, our friendship means more moving on in the future, you know, than what that moment in history was. And then I also learned that, um, there was a lot that this person was going through at that same time um, that I was unaware of. So I realized that my straw that broke the camel's back um, was because that there was several mountains already breaking this person's back. And again, then this selfishness of, you know, what I asked, you know, then it rains in even more. You know, so then I sat there and I listened to her about how, you know, like, I hurt this person by my actions and wanting to, or sitting there wanting to be able to justify, but knowing how wrong that would be if I opened up my mouth. So I sat there and I took my lumps because you know what? Sometimes you just have to check yourself at the door, you know, because life isn't always about us. And I find myself getting into this situation lots where I have to sit across from the table, you know, from another person and, you know, they've explained, you know, like what I've done, you know, has upset them or hurt them. And I can see the forest through the trees, but I find it interesting that they can't. But then I understand that this just may be my role in life. And then this may be like the test in my life where I have to sit there and be compassionate and understanding. So that's what that situation represented to me yesterday. And the richness of this friendship far out seeds, you know, my 
my ego wanting to come and play and just sit there and justify why I had to do what I did or why I asked what I had to ask. So, and I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I have that kind of compassion for myself and our friendship that I could sit there across that table and, and do that and take that on. The other situation was with the dog. And although they may seem completely different, the essence of them are the same. You know, like the topic today, pure life moments, where you're just really connected with something that brings you joy. So in the first case, that's pure friendship, absolute friendship, friendship that just screams respect and loyalty. That's a pure life moment for me. I understand the richness of a friendship where you know the absolute length of the respect and loyalty that comes with that friendship. The dog, oh man, like I just, for me growing up on a farm, I don't have the same attachment to animals that a lot of people do, you know, especially people who just want to domesticate animals and turn them into these little left-leaning animals, left-leaning creatures, and we're just pampering in jackets and booties for dogs. I I just don't understand. I never will. I mean, it's not in a callous way. It's just, you know, when you soften something, I, I look at I look at life and creating soft, weak creatures is something that I I struggle with. And when I see dogs walking down the street with jackets and booties on and all this dumb shit, it just I it screams to me the softening of a wolf. Because in every dog there's a wolf to to some extent. And I see that and it just yeah, I just, I struggle with it. You know, but when this dog, you know, is in my arms and it's laying on its back and its head flopped over and you see this dog head nodding back and forth, and the eyes starting to close and you can tell that this, this dog is just so relaxed that it just wants to fall asleep. And... We know that, you know, dogs have like that certain component to them where like they're just on edge, they're on point, they're they're sensing danger all the time. So when you see this thing fall asleep in your arms, you know the amount of comfort that this thing must feel when it's constantly on point searching for danger. So it's a pure life moment. So this brings me and connects me with the actual real pure life moment for me. These situations connect me back with this one thing. They all are the branches of this root. And I have three of them. Nothing in this world makes me feel better than holding my children in my arms and them falling asleep. From My oldest daughter acting like she's too old for a snuggle. And just assy dad, you know, can I, can I snuggle with you tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Snuggling and feeling that little body start to twitch beside mine. Roll over that heavy breathing. 
And you just know they've fallen into this slumber. That's the best moment. That's a pure life moment, knowing that they sense this feeling of comfort and protection and love. That they just drift away. And that's where they seek that. They understand that. They understand that there's this, there's this safety in the love they feel. And they can gravitate towards that and move towards that. And then allow that feeling to take over their body. And allow them to get into a place of, of absolute peace with inside themselves. And knowing what I know now about sleep. You know, and how the brain just... It stays on point inside of our body if we don't feel comfortable. If that's why when we stay in a hotel room, you know, we'll always be on edge and we don't get a good sleep and we can't get into stage four REM sleep. We can't get a good quality deep sleep because we just don't feel comfortable because it's foreign. The more comfortable our environment feels, the better sleep we're going to feel because we feel safe and we feel comfort. And there's science behind this. I've talked about this on the podcast before. There's lots of science behind it. Just knowing that that's how we get into that rich, deep sleep is essentially through love and security. And then my youngest, you know, when she, every single night that we're together, she refuses to sleep anywhere except on my stomach. And when she's laying there and no matter how uncomfortable I am and my head crooked in these six different awkward positions and my arms numb, you know, and like I'm full because I just ate and you're like this, you know, 45 pound child is laying on my stomach and they're twisting and turning and bonking their elbow into my face and digging their heels into my thigh and just be able to find that comfort and then they find their nest. And then that's it. Just out like a light. The body starts to twitch. That comfort, that love, that peace, and that security sets in for them. And then she can fall asleep. And how my my middle daughter, in the middle of the night, she'll always find her way to me. I'll wake up to the, Dad, where are you? In that, that moment, if anything stood in front of that moment, God help you, holy, don't get in the way of that moment. I'm coming, and I'm coming hard. I'm driving in the paint. Watch the fuck out. Nothing's getting in the way of me getting to my daughter in that moment. And then she just snuggles back in seconds Snap of a finger back out. She feels that love and that peace and that security. Those pure life moments. And you think back, the the ability to of people to be able to come to me, human beings coming to me for love and peace and security and comfort, that that is where they find the the peace to sleep, to fall asleep. To connect with that, that that overwhelming sense of peace that allows them to be able to drift off to a land where they no longer have control over their faculties because they know that I'm there. That is a pure life moment. For somebody to come to me, especially after two years of us not talking, 
and see the value in me knowing that they can break down and open their heart and expose themselves and just knowing that they won't get hurt in that situation. It's a pure life moment to me. These are the moments. These are the soft moments of life. These are the soft moments that I crave. These are the soft moments that I live for. I have a lot of hard moments. This is the balance. This is the contrast. These are just as important. These these bricks of fortitude are just as important as all the ones that just etch that ruthless amount of endurance in my mind, in my body, and my soul. These bricks of fortitude are just as important as the ones that get me up on the back of that horse, yielding that sword that most can't pick up, shedding the armor that is on my body because it doesn't allow me to be able to move efficiently when I go into battle. These bricks are just as important as those. One could argue that this is the mortar that allows those bricks to stay together. This is the glue that allows these bricks to stay together. This is my this is my complete wall. This is what makes my wall complete. This is what makes my strength complete. This is pure life moments. So my question for you all today is, what are your pure life moments? 